life is all made up of, of, of signs and symbols, and that it's uh, like the, as you say, the Kabbalah and all these things. It, there is something unknown, something secret. Mm. Uh, and you just have to be aware and, and awake to these things, these signs and symbols. Extraordinary things happen. I mean, you can't go around telling people all the time of these extraordinary things. They'd lock you in an asylum. <laughs> they would say, "My God, she's changed her name again. She's got a. Yeah. She's suffering from schizophrenia. She's a paranoia." Like, like, like so Dylan, you don't say anything. Like, like Dylan Thomas's grandfather. Yeah. <laughs> He would be locked up yeah. in an asylum today. Well, huh? well, so, I mean, the, the <laughs> writing and no. So uh, it's it's a, it's a question of. Also, being very discreet about these, yeah. uh, this this inner voice, and uh, like Jean d'Arc, mm. of course she had inner voices. I mean, she did an incredible thing. But uh, again, this was guided by a greater spirit. We we laugh and we joke about these things, but no, there are people. I, I don't know whether it's a gift or what, but it is something uncanny. Yeah, and I sometimes get scared. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, I sort of I write it down, and I've had very many experiences with a dream or in the head. You know, one day I, I I just saw this figure, or you know, I mean, crazy things kind of thing. Yeah, and I was perfectly normal. Yeah, for me. I so you you write things down, and very yeah. often something happened. It was in the metro, and I saw a bag, and I said, "Now, my God, this is terrible." I mean, that bag could contain a bomb, and suddenly I had this vision of people being thrown everywhere, and there was a crash. I got off the metro, I got home, and there'd been a metro crash in Paris. Mm. I was sitting away from it in another metro, coming, getting off at Sablon, and at the very time that this had taken place, I was going through that experience. You can't say that. You just write it down, and another, you know, many, many. That's what I mean by signs and symbols. Receiving things yeah. that are, you're not visionary in the sense of looking into the future or being a fortune teller. That's you know, but you you do receive vibrations of things that are already in the mind. The evil is in the mind. I had the same thing with the Twin Towers. When I'm painting New York, somebody had come back and given me painting. I've hidden the painting away, frightened me to death. And I thought, my God, the sky was changing. The, everything started to crumble. The whole thing was just a, an explosion. Two days later, the towers were. Mm -hmm. So we're receiving from the cosmos or from this opaqueness vibrations that, yeah. are, that are already in the mind of the the evil is already there yeah what i call the superior worlds you know, you know uh, the greater spirit is trying to sort of make contact perhaps yeah. to, to war i don't know I, yeah. i don't know these i see things. i see i see two problems with with today's art is the despiritualization that's one aspect and and the other aspect is the The separate, I would say, the divorce between art and ethics. You know, I think that's, yeah, that's maybe a, yeah. a very, very serious them. thing. Yeah. Yeah? I mean, it's it, to me, it's a pathology. It's 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 a disease. This divorce between art and ethics. You know, 
And, and uh, there's a French philosopher, uh, Lacou Labarte, who speaks of aesthetics, but aesthetics with TH twice, you know? So uh, a kind of um, portmanteau word between aesthetics and ethics. Aesthetics. Oh, you yeah. Know? And I think that's brilliant because it's, it's, it's a kind of epitome of the problem of art today. I mean, this what I call this divorce between art and ethics, you know? Mm. And, and what do you see the, the, the trajectory of that divorce? What, what, do, what do you see its consequences as being? Its consequences? Well, it's difficult to say. Mediocrity. <clears throat> Mediocrity. Yeah. Worldliness. Mediocrity. mediocrity. Yeah. And there's nothing more superior than mediocrity. Yeah. Nothing more superior than mediocrity. And, and what does commercialism do to art? Well, it may kill it. Mm. It often does. Yeah, it could. Because I've heard artists talk of, of, of one of the worst things that happened to them was their success. Because suddenly they have an infrastructure, an agent, uh, a gallery, uh, a, a whole bunch of people relying on them, and an audience that expects the stuff they like to be produced again and again, or may get bored of it. Uh, so there's a great deal of insecurity from the artist in terms of whether they can deliver to the audience. Mm -hmm. Once again, we have the audience entering the picture as a, as a, as a malevolence, as a, as, a, as a force that actually corrupts. Mm. Mm. Um, and, 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 and again, you know, my idiosyncratic take is, is this, this idea that so many people stop making art or, or don't feel they, they should even start because they can't see their art finding an audience. They, they feel they're no good, that no one will like it. But in a sense, the audience is a malevolence at one level. When you create something, the art exists before the audience, whether it's a music, a writing, painting, it exists in the world before the audience. Mm. I cannot understand why that is not appreciated as, as absolutely fundamental. So it's, it's the, the danger is when you're the artist is that you think of the audience and then make the art. Uh, whereas the art comes into the world before the audience. Whether it finds an audience or not is completely irrelevant. Don't come and just